Do you ever have to send money internationally? If you do, then you know just how expensive and time-consuming it can be, as well as how steep the exchange rates often are from your bank or from your provider. Sometimes these rates don't even show up until after that transfer has been made. Here's why I'll be using TransferWise for my next international money transfer. Unlike other providers, TransferWise is completely transparent in a way to send money internationally. You know exactly what you pay upfront and you get the real exchange rate with no markup. The exchange rate with TransferWise is incredibly good, so your money goes way further. And setting up a payment is simple and fast, and you only pay one small upfront fee. TransferWise was funded by the first guy to ever work for Skype and his friend. These two friends from Estonia, they were tired of feeling ripped off whenever they would send money home, so they came up with a much quicker, cheaper, and easier way to transfer money between countries. Realizing plenty of other people were also feeling the same way about international transfers, they turned their idea into a company. They created a smart new system that gets rid of all the expensive traditional charges that you would normally pay. And as Skype was the new better way to make international calls, TransferWise is the new better way to send money internationally. Today, TransferWise lets millions of people and businesses all over the world send money internationally. See just how much you could save at TransferWise.com. You can also download the app for Android or iOS. Once again, that's TransferWise.com. Transfer as in I need to transfer money to another country. And WISE as in I'm going to be doing that in a WISE way. TransferWise.com Hi and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. Today I am sitting down in my office and I have been contemplating all day long what this podcast is going to be about. And I I really enjoyed last week's podcast where I just had a completely different direction. I had a whole podcast planned out and then I sat down and the first thing I did was I took a huge breath and it just took a minute to center and realized that I did not want to talk about what I had planned at all. And the podcast took a completely unexpected way. And what was so beautiful about that is I ended up talking about vulnerability, about um, challenges that I have in my female relationships, and about owning your own feelings, just things that are um, kind of manifesting in my own life right now. And the beauty of that is I got so much response from people that said, oh my God, I feel exactly the same way. Thank you that you chose these topics for this week. Wow, I really, really resonated with that. And there is a collective energy. There's a collective, I think, energetic shift where we can all really feel and pick up on on each other's vibes. And it's happening at least in my world, more and more and more. And I, I get that all the time, especially with my Instagram posts. Whenever I share something, uh, maybe something deep or something raw, uh, people often write and say, wow, how did you know that today of all days I needed to hear that? And there's a reason to that. You know, when, whenever I share something, um, quote unquote, inspirational online, it's because I need to hear it myself. <laughs> so whenever you see me writing something about, you know, maybe knowing your self-worth or knowing that you're enough, it's because I am in a moment where I am doubting whether or not I am enough. And I am in a space where I need to hear and remind myself that, yes, I am enough. So then I journal on it. I write it down. I usually use my, uh, my notes app in my phone. And then I, I make an Instagram post out of it and I share it. So it's not so much that I'm trying to, you know, bring inspiration out into the world. It's more about reminding myself of what I need to hear in the moment. And I struggle just like anybody else. And, and same with these podcasts. Whenever I share something in, on Instagram and people say, wow, how did you know I needed to hear this today? Uh, the podcast, I've been getting similar responses whenever I speak of something that's completely organic to me in the moment. So I think last week, a lot of us were feeling um, like we need to invite some more vulnerability in life. We were feeling like we're walking 
around, you know, with these walls around us, kind of separating ourselves from other people, or uh, maybe working through some challenges in our relationships, or projecting our feelings onto others, all the things I spoke about last week. I wasn't alone (laughs) with that topic, but we all share this big energetic field. Like we're all in this together. I'm realizing this more and more. We all think that we live on these all separate little islands. Like we're we're alone in our space. We're alone in our own little sphere um, with our own issues, our own problems, our own things happening. But it's not true. We are all so connected in so, so, so many ways. And these podcast topics is just one manifestation of how connected we all are. That whatever I happen to be sharing each week also resonates with you in your life. That's just, it's it's so beautiful. I would like to open up to that, that connection even a little bit more. So for this week, before I, I dive in, I know already what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> um, and it's not something that I planned from weeks back, but it's really something that's, that's happening in my life right now. Let's all together, just wherever you are listening to these, to these words, just, just take a moment to close your eyes and let's take a full breath in. And exhale it out. Just take a moment to arrive, to really land. Checking in with your body, with your breath. So the topic for this week's podcast, and this is not an easy one for me. Okay, I might cry recording this. I I don't know, whatever comes, I'll just let it flow. This is a challenging thing for me to record because it's something that is truly playing out in my life right here, right now, and it might impact people in my life that I'm, that I'm speaking about this. But I'm going to talk about feeling taken advantage of. Um, feeling taken advantage of. I don't know if there's another way to phrase that, but it's really a space that I have found myself in right now. And I don't know where it's coming from, if it's been creeping up kind of a little bit here and there, and now I just hit a place in my life where I feel overwhelmed and I need to take some drastic action. But I have over the past week specifically, but I think maybe maybe for a couple of years, uh, I've had situations in relationships where, uh, where there's not a clear balance between the giving and the receiving. And it's interesting because I, I drew an angel card on the last day of our retreat, <laughs> actually last week. Uh, we always have a big wrap circle with the whole Island Yoga team and with everybody that works on the team where we talk about what went right, the retreat and what went wrong and what we all need to work on. And we get to openly share our feelings and, uh, and we all get an angel card. And my angel card was giving and receiving. And the card reads, the entire universe operates in cycles similar to your inhalations and exhalations. When you only exhale, give, or only inhale, receive, you become out of rhythm with the universe. For optimal health, energy, and replenishment, balance each inhalation in your life with an exhalation. And the moment I got this card, it just, it really struck a chord with me, isn't it? If, if you've ever worked with angel cards, you know, in your, in your life, um, I'm sure you've had this experience too, where it's just in the moments when you need them, you get that perfect card that just helps you deepen um, something that you already knew. Uh, if you don't know what an angel card is, it's basically oracle cards. Um, 
I, I use them a lot in my retreats and in my daily practice as well. Usually when I'm looking for an answer of some sort or when I, uh, yeah, when I'm, when I'm reaching for something or I need a little bit of help or something to anchor in, um, I connect it to my meditation and my yoga practice and I'll pull a card. And uh, the cards or the decks that I have, I love Doreen Virtue. She has really amazing decks. Uh, they're all positive. So there's no death card. There's no, you know, awful card. Um, but somehow, you know, if you really tune in, you manage to get um, the perfect card every single time. And this giving and receiving card, it is truly something that I'm always working on. Personally, just with myself, I tend to, I tend to work too hard. I tend to give too much. I put really high standards <laughs> for everything I do. And I, I sometimes really, truly exhaust myself um, to show up in my work, but also to show up for other people. And it used to be something that I thought was just totally normal. Like, you know, I should, I should spend all my energy making sure other people are taken care of and making sure other people are, are feeling good and that they're whole and that everything is, is good. I, I really like the role of the fixer. And it's, uh, it's a role that I've had in my family for ah, a really long time, since I was really little. Um, I took it kind of upon myself to be the one to fix things in the family. So whenever someone's sad, it was always my job to make them happy. Anything that needs, you know, fixing or connecting, um, I would always take on that role. And it might sound like this very noble thing to do, you know, to always be the one who's there for other people. Um, but it struck me a couple of years ago, you know, why am I in this role? What am I fulfilling for myself being the role of the fixer, the giver uh, all the time? And uh, does it actually influence my relationships in my life in a positive way? And the answer to that is no, not always. Uh, but I have found myself in a lot of places where uh, in the end, a relationship doesn't work out, whether it's with a family member or a friend or a romantic relationship where I am the one who just gives and gives and gives until I get a get to a place where I just feel so completely fed up and I feel like I'm not getting anything in return. Uh, but of course, then this is a shock to the other person because they're used to me being in the role of, of being the giver. Uh, so when all of a sudden I flip and I say, you know, you're never there for me. I'm always the one giving. I'm always the one providing uh, for the other person. Of course, it's like, what? What do you mean? Like we've always had this relationship and they don't know anything is wrong. So it is something that I need to work on, really. And I have for the last few years. I even I, I cut some relationships out of my life after that. I evaluated, you know, who do I really let in? And is there a way to, to carefully choose relationships that are easier for me to balance? Because there are, uh, with some people, for me, this is really easy. Um, I can easy ask, easily ask for help. I can feel like I there's a good balance also for me to receive from the other end. But then there are those friendships that you have where... Um, maybe some of you can kind of recognize this. Do you have a friendship or a relationship where um, they only ever reach out to you when they need something? <laughs> or maybe they only ever reach out when they are sad or when they're in trouble and they want help of some sort. Or maybe uh, they only ever connect and magically you're best friends and everything is so amazing and you're the most important person in their life. And then it turns out there's a hidden motive there. Uh, I have found myself in these places more than once. And this is really manifesting in my life right now. And I know all the barriers are on my side. This is something that I learned in Path of Love. All the barriers are on my side, meaning whatever it is I'm looking to create or change or let go of or invite into my life, I am in charge of that. And this is a hard, 
um, lesson for me to swallow. Really, really it took me a long time to understand that all the barriers are on my side, meaning whatever I want, it is within my reach. Uh, and it's not about the other person changing something for, for that to arrive in the relationship or in my life. It's all about me. So that means that in these relationships that are challenging, I either have the opportunity to fix something or to change something, um, maybe by changing my actions. What happens when I stop being the fixer in the relationship or what happens when I stop being the one who gives and gives and gives? Uh, or maybe I have the idea that I can't ask this person for help or for support, but actually they're trying to support me, but I'm not inviting it in. Um, when I had that epiphany, this was about a year ago, that really all the barriers are on my side. One of the things I was struggling with was I feel like I don't have a lot of close friends uh, in Aruba, in the country where I live. I have a lot of close friends in Sweden, where I'm from, a lot of close friends in Costa Rica, uh, where I live. But in Aruba, where I am now, for different reasons, uh, close girlfriends have left. Three of my best friends left the country uh, over the past two years. And I just felt like, oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm really lonely in Aruba, girlfriend-wise. I don't have um, that many people. And then Dennis, my husband, sometimes says, he says, what? You know, there's so many cool people here and everybody loves you. And there's lots of friends and this community is amazing. And, and I just never really felt that way. And then the epiphany that I had a year ago was, wait, I have all of these um, people here that are kind of reaching out a lot, wanting to hang out or do something. Um, and I'm not really reaching back. <laughs> I'm kind of keeping them at bay a little bit. Um, for different reasons, whether or not I, you know, maybe felt that I had this preconceived idea, maybe we wouldn't be good friends, that, you know, she's not my type, um, or uh, that I just was a little fearful maybe to let someone new into my life. So I had these barriers on my side. And when I took them down, I actually reached out to a few people here that I had that um, kind of distant relationship with. And I said, you know, I just had this epiphany and uh, uh, I don't know why we've never become really close, but you're one of you know the few people that I really felt like I wanted to reach out to now and say that if you're open to becoming closer friends, I would love that. And every single person that I wrote, okay, was like three or four people uh, immediately went, what? Oh my God, this is so nice to hear. I always felt like you didn't really want to be close friends with me. I feel like I'm always reaching out, but you don't call me back. And, you know, before I knew it, I had all of these things changed, right? And all of a sudden I found myself with more close friends where I live. So the barriers were on my side. Everything was within my reach, but I was telling myself a story that wasn't really true. And that's been a beautiful, a beautiful epiphany, epiphany for me in the past year. Epiphany, by the way, is, uh, is one of my favorite words. <laughs> it's also my mom's favorite word. We were joking before uh, Lea Luna was born when we still called her Poppy Seed that we would name her uh, Epiphany. <laughs> one of her middle names should be Epiphany, but Dennis refused. But maybe, maybe, maybe future babies, maybe dog babies, who knows. But what I'm realizing is this pattern of the giving and receiving Whatever end of the spectrum that you're at, uh, it's so easy to fall back into that role. And I find myself constantly falling back into the role of being the giver, of always giving a little extra, always pushing myself a little bit harder. Um, and it's driving me crazy. <laughs> it's driving me crazy because it puts me in positions or in places where uh, at the end of the day, I feel like I give too much. And then it starts feeling like I'm not giving anymore, but people are just taking. Yeah. Uh, 
So I'm reminded by this story that my dad used to tell me, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but it goes something like this. There's a, a fisherman who's out at sea and he's fishing every day. That's what he does for a living. And one day he comes back and he comes back to the dock and there is a, a man there who's uh, begging for something in the street or he's begging for money or for food in the street. Uh, so the fisherman, he looks and he sees he had a really big catch that day. So he he takes a fish and he goes to the guy and he says, here you go, um, you know, a fish for to prepare for, for dinner. And the that guy begging says, oh my God, that is amazing. Are you sure? No, I cannot accept this. This is, this is such a nice gift. And he says, oh, please take it. And then next week he goes out and he fishes again. And then again, he sees, he has a pretty good catch. And then he sees the same guy begging again. And he says, you know what? I'm going to give this guy some fish again today. So he does it. And the guy receives it with open arms. He says, thank you so much. This means so much. And then the third week, the fisherman doesn't have as big of a catch. So as he steps off the dock, he walks past the uh, the guy who's in the street. But this time the beggar goes, uh, do you have fish for me today, sir? And he looks at his catch and he says, oh, you know what? Yes. Okay. Of course. Here you go. Here's a, here's some fish. And then the fourth week <laughs> he walks by and this time the beggar says, where's my fish? And he's demanding the fish because he's now used to the fact that every week this fisherman gives him some fish. By now, the fisherman says he looks at his catch. It hasn't been that good as it was the first the first few weeks. So he reluctantly kind of, okay, you know, I, I'm better off than this guy. I should give him something, gives him a fish. And then the fifth week, he has a really bad day fishing. So he doesn't have anything. And he walks by the beggar in the street and the beggar says, where's my fish? And he says, I don't have any. And he gets upset. I get fish every single week. And this week you tell me there's no fish. Why? Where is it? Okay, I'm... Um, <laughs> clearly not like amazing at telling the story. But the point is, if you give and you give and you give, and eventually people get used to the idea of receiving. And if you change part of that, maybe because of your circumstances change, like in this story that I told fairly poorly, I'm sorry about that. In this story where the fisherman doesn't have much fish anymore to give, um, the person who was first super grateful to receive is no longer grateful to receive it, but expecting it and kind of demanding it. And I think what my dad was trying to teach me with this story long ago was uh, this is kind of how things work in business. So especially when you find yourself with lots of employees, which is where um, a place where I am right now, where we're about a little over 30 people employed. And if you start off giving little things, people are going to be super happy and super grateful. But with time, you get used to it. And I don't know if anybody here can kind of resonate with that, but I'm going to give a, a really clear example. So for instance, we opened Island Yoga here in Aruba and we have Nourish Cafe, which is our super beautiful um, cafe that's connected to the studio. And we've never run a restaurant or a cafe before. So the idea from the beginning was we were going to have smoothies and juices and then it expanded to, you know, coffee and tea. And then, okay, we can do salads and then, okay, let's do full service breakfast, breakfast and lunch. <laughs> now we have a bar and we're working toward opening for dinners as well. So it's a really big endeavor and it's something that we've never done before. Um, so it's not been without its trials. Like it's definitely really, really, really challenging. And uh, when we just started, uh, we had this brand new espresso machine, like a brand new coffee machine, which was really expensive. And uh, the coffee that we get is organic. So it's fairly pricey, um, but really good coffee. We want to pride ourselves by saying that we have the best coffee on the island. And what we did was Dennis was trying out a lot of coffee and kind of figure out how the machine worked and making cappuccinos and lattes. And he would, you know, pass it around within the team. And we have a big team here. Like there's a lot of people that come and go. 
everybody is super beautiful and working really hard. Um, he would kind of give coffee away in the in the first few days. And then after a couple of weeks, we started realizing that, oh, without, you know, checking in or asking, people are just kind of going behind the bar, uh, making their own uh, coffees every single day. And which clearly, if you have a huge team, is not a sustainable thing to do for a brand new business. Like that's not really possible. So just because Dennis was giving some away in the beginning without establishing really clear guidelines, then everybody just started taking advantage of that and would go and get their own coffee, um, which cost us a lot. And it's not something that, that we can do. So then we said, okay, you know what, guys, it's really expensive. We can't provide everybody with like craft Italian organic coffee every day. Like we can't afford that. Uh, so we have now in the staff kitchen, we've implemented. So we have like nice, you know, press coffee there and also tea and um, snacks and whatever you need, like in the staff kitchen, go ahead and enjoy. And then people were upset <laughs> with us. Because they had gotten used to uh, being gifted this really high quality expensive coffee versus, you know, if we would have just started off uh, staff or filling the staff kitchen with snacks and good coffee and tea, they would have been really grateful for that. But now that seemed like a step down. So people were not super happy about that in the beginning. And we had some like stupid conversations over coffee here. Like people were, were, were unhappy about that. And, and then I get upset, you know, on my end, which is something that's really hard for me to, <laughs> to talk about because in the big scheme of things, like who cares? It's just coffee. It's not a huge deal. But for me, it's the energy of, of just taking without asking. And it's also something that's, especially I think when you run a, a cafe or a food business, it is, if the lines are blurry, things get really, really, really um, challenging. You know, uh, if someone sees someone in the back, you know, eating a free lunch or a free meal, is it okay for everyone to just go and order what they want? Like, of course not. So in the end, we had to kind of set really strict rules and say, you, everybody has to consider this cafe as like the Starbucks down the street. You know, it operates on its own P&L. It has its own profit and loss, like its own budget. It should be considered its own business because it is a totally different business. And we need the cafe to, to, uh, to float. Like right now, uh, we're, we're just barely breaking even with this cafe. You know, we can't sustain a whole team of 20 with food and coffee every day. Like we're, we'll go out of business in no time. But it's the energy of this that kind of drives me crazy. And that's where I am right now. So this co coffee situation was just a super small thing. And it was, it was, it was long ago. It's not an issue anymore. And it was um, just kind of to highlight what, I, what I'm talking about. But in these past weeks, I have found myself more than once in places, both business and relationship-wise, where I feel like I'm giving to the point of feeling exhausted and unappreciated and unhappy in these relationships. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Shopping can sometimes be both awkward and fruitless. Have you ever found yourself buying something a salesperson said would look great, only to go home and realize the size or the color or the style was anything but flattering? Maybe you've purchased three of the same thing just because you didn't have time to try on different sizes. You prayed one would work and then none of them did. Trying to find clothes from my postpartum body has me sometimes laughing in a dressing room mirror and then giving up going home more often than I make it to the actual checkout line. But even regular online shopping is a total game of guessing and hoping. So take the challenge and confusion out of your shopping with La Tote. La Tote is a fashion subscription box that sends brand name clothing and accessories right to your door for one low monthly fee. 
Let Tote's style and fit experts take your measurements and preferences and then use data to fit you better than any other retailer can. You can rent up to $700 every month in name brand clothing and accessories. It's super easy and your closet will never get old since you can receive as many totes as you'd like per month. Simply wear, return, and repeat. Go to lettote.com, that's L-E-T-O-T-E dot com to get started for as low as $39 per month. Enter the promo code YOGA at your checkout to get 50% off of your first month. Once you sign up, you'll receive a completely customized tote within days. You just wear what you want, return everything in the mail when you're done, and repeat all month long. Again, that's lettote.com. Enter code YOGA and feel fabulous with fashion delivered right to your door. And, and when I was talking about, about this with both with Dennis, who fully feels the same way, uh, and he never feels that way. <laughs> uh, he, he doesn't usually struggle this, with the giving and receiving the way I do. He has a really good balance um, for that, which I admire so much. So the fact that he feels the same way means, okay, it's, it's, it's real and there's something we have to change. But when I was looking back at, okay, what are my patterns? What am I, what am I doing? If all the barriers are on my side and I end up feeling taken advantage of a lot in big ways and in small ways, what am I doing? Can I own this? Can I really sit with this and realize that there's something that I am doing on my end that's inviting this type of behavior into my life? Like I am inviting these relationships or maybe I'm even setting these relationships up in a way uh, for them to fail, like in a way where inevitably I end up being the one giving, 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 giving. And everybody kind of gets used to that. And then when I say all of a sudden, you know what, I don't want to give anymore, then it's like a shock and then there's an issue. Um, and I've been feeling this way for um, for a while. So when I looked back at the past couple of years, I could really, like it was almost ridiculous. I was kind of looking in, looking up into the sky and just like laughing, like it's crazy how often I find myself in places like this. And I'm going to give you a couple of, of examples. Um, the reason I said this podcast is hard for me to, to, to do is because I'm going to not call some people out, but I'm going to just truthfully speak up about some shit that's gone down. <laughs> um, so maybe the people that have been involved in these situations are listening to the podcast. We have millions of people listening here. So if that's the case, uh, if you feel kind of, um, in Swedish we say träffad, what's the word I'm looking for? Like if you feel like this is speaking to you, then it probably is. Um, I'm going to give an example. First time ever, really business-wise, that I felt fully taken uh, advantage of in the yoga business. Uh, it was about six or seven, I think, no, I think actually seven years ago. I'm totally joking. It's five years ago. So it was the first year that I got Instagram. Um, so 2012, I started my Instagram beginning of 2012. And really quickly, I kind of gathered this following of people that were following for the yoga. And and back then, I think I had maybe 10,000 followers, which at the beginning of Instagram was a really huge thing. Like it was a big thing that 10,000 followers was a lot, still is like it's, it's a lot of people. And this guy reached out to me. And he had been the creative director of a really famous clothing, like athletic wear brand. Um, and he reached out and he said, you know, I see what you're doing with yoga and Instagram. It's super cool. I think there's potential here. I would love to, together with you, design a line of clothing, a line of yoga clothing, uh, and go into business together and then use your social media platform to sell this yoga line. And <laughs> this is, of course, I mean, this was, I had had Instagram for like six months I was 22, 3, 23 years old. I'd never had an offer like this ever in my life. So just the idea of creating clothing was wow. 
I, I mean, it was just so exciting, really, really, really exciting. And I couldn't believe that someone would offer this amazing thing to me. What I didn't realize at the time was I was sitting on a little pot of gold. <laughs> like I was sitting on something really valuable. Um, and, and this guy could see it from the outside. Uh, but what I thought was, oh, here's just some person who, who kind of likes me and he wants to create something cool with me. That's awesome. So I talked it over with Dennis. He liked the idea. I told the guy, okay, yes, that sounds so much fun. Actually, I've always wanted to design my own like clothing line. That's like a crazy dream that I never thought ever in a million years I'd be able to even get close to manifesting, you know, because I really am particular about what I like. And also for yoga practice, I, I never really found that one brand of awesome yoga pants that I can fully stand behind. So, I mean, I would love to create my own. So I said, yes, let's do it. And then the guy, this guy who was, of course, like a business man, and he had, you know, all the experience. I had none. I was in a position to be taken advantage of, but I was really trusting. He sent me over like a 14-page contract, <laughs> uh, really fine print. And, and he said, okay, yeah, just go ahead and sign here. Uh, just so you know, the terms we are offering you are way above industry, industry standards. So you should be really grateful for this opportunity. The terms he was offering me was he wanted to base this whole clothing line on my Instagram followings. I would be, you know, completely in charge of, of selling and marketing this through my own channel. I would be the one designing and doing all the work and using my creative inputs to create the line. Um, and in exchange, I would get 4% after all costs were taken out, uh, 4% of, of uh, profits. I wouldn't even have ownership in this line that I was creating uh, 4%, <laughs> which trust me is so below industry standard that it's a fucking joke. Like it's, it's a joke, but I didn't know at the time. Okay. I didn't know anything, but I knew I had this 14 page contract and it was, I would be locked in for four years or something crazy like that. Like a really long time. I didn't have an agent. I didn't have anybody helping me with anything. Like this was just in the very beginning of everything. Um, so what did I do? I took this contract and I went to the one person that I knew in my life that has a lot of experience just in business overall. And that's my dad. And I said, you know what, dad, I had this guy who was, uh, he was the creative director of this and that a big brand. Um, he now has his own brand and he wants to start a clothing line with me. Here's the contract that I got. Could you help me? What do you think? And then my dad did just kind of typical my dad. He took one look at the contract and he said, you know what, if you ever want to learn in life, do it yourself. And I looked at it. I said, okay, okay, sure. So he didn't even read it. No one actually read this contract. Uh, I did my best kind of trying to look through it, but of course didn't know really what I was getting myself into. And I ended up signing it, get going into business with this person that I barely knew. One of the biggest mistakes of my life, but a huge blessing as well, because this is where I learned the most, <laughs> really. It, it, it kind of uh, a Swedish expression that I love, it's its called, it gave me skin on my nose, <laughs> which means um, it kind of made me a little, made me stronger, right? It made me learn about, about what I needed to do to take action in a more positive way business-wise in the future. But anyway, I signed with this guy. We ended up making Yoga Every Damn Day shirts. So Yoga Every Damn Day is my hashtag. I started it. I'm the founder of it long ago. And I had started this challenge called Yoga Every Damn Day, where the challenge was to practice yoga every day. And we made these shirts. I don't know if people that have been there listening now, if, if you followed me like four or five years ago, you might have seen these yoga every damn day shirts. 
they were super nice, super beautiful, like pretty simple shirts. And we sold thousands of them, like crazy amount. Because my Instagram following just started exploding and it blew up. And we sold so many of these shirts. And I was the only person, you know, I designed them and then I uh, sold them through Instagram. But through this guy's brand. To this day, I have not seen one dollar, <laughs> not one cent, nothing, nothing from the thousands of shirts that I sold. I ended up leaving the collaboration with that guy just because of how poorly they treated me. They didn't want to pay. I remember they, they were flying me somewhere to teach at an event for them that I wasn't getting paid for. It was just 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 for free to promote their brand. Um, and then I had a flight out in the morning, but the event ended the day before in the afternoon. And when I asked, okay, so where am I staying tonight? He said, oh, but the event is over. Your flight is tomorrow. You have to figure that out on your own. And I had no money, nothing. So I was, you know, kind of want, I was kind of on the street for that one night waiting for my flight for an event that they brought me out to do. Like it was so bad. And I felt so, yeah, already then felt really taken advantage of, but I thought I had this kind of paycheck coming for all of these you know, tank tops that we sold. Um, so we left that collaboration and here's the worst part. So we had this yoga every damn day uh, shirts and he had told me early on, he said, you know what, I'm going to trademark this for you just to make sure that no one else steals it. But of course it's still yours. Like I'm just going to help you along with the process. And I said, okay, how sweet. That's so nice. Um, what do you think that guy did? Yeah, he stole the trademark. Of course. Um, we parted ways. He refused even he, he refused to give me my trademark back, even in exchange for, you know, me paying for uh, the trademark. He refused to let it go. Um, I was supposed to get a $700 signing bonus, I remember, which was in, in this 14 page crazy contract. I never saw a cent of that. And I don't know how much money this guy made selling those shirts. Nothing came my way. And four years later, so this was last year, I ended up paying this guy thousands of dollars to sign the trademark over in my name. Can you believe it? <laughs> and then, you know, I'm looking back at the situation and I can say, all right, after I had this experience, one, I decided I'm not going to be doing any type of marketing, any type of advertising. Like I'm not going to go that route at all with this, uh, with this online platform, which was one of the best decisions ever because it really, it transformed things. So from a following to a community where I could be really authentic, um, where I'm not trying to sell a bunch of stuff I don't believe in to people that follow me online, but it really created something much more authentic. And I'm super happy I went that route. And number two, it made me much more wary about who I collaborated with in the future. Like I started, you know, after that, I never signed a contract uh, without having a lawyer look it over which was, of course, always much more costly, but in the end, so freaking worth it. Like, if you're listening and you're in a place where, oh God, trust trust me, like, don't sign anything without having someone look it over, whatever it is, no matter how much you trust them in the moment, like, it's always good to have a second pair of eyes, at least um, look something over. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. If you manage or own a company, or if you're hiring, you need to know about ZipRecruiter. Posting your job in one or two places is not enough to find quality candidates that you're looking for. And as a business owner, I know these challenges very well. These days, you need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now with ZipRecruiter, you can. ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter does not depend on candidates finding you, but it finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Just post once and watch your qualified people roll in. 
Time is precious. And as a business owner, your time needs to be spent managing your business, not juggling resumes. Instead, quickly screen and organize your candidates on ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard and hire that perfect person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter is used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidate with immediate results. Give it a try today. Right now, all my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. Right now I can look back, I can say, okay, if I'd meet that guy in the street, I wouldn't hug him. Like I still think he's a freaking asshole. <laughs> um, he really took advantage of me in a place where I was really vulnerable and really naive. You know, I was so young and brand new at this. Um, he saw an opportunity, he went for it. And in the end, um, you know, I suffered, but I learned. So that was that. A second thing that comes to mind uh, is I, oh, and this is also so like bugs me to this day. And that's the thing. Um, whenever you have a challenge happen or a difficult situation, looking back at it, uh, or at least this is what it's like for me, if I still can feel like a little thorn in my side from that person or that experience that I had, it means that I'm not fully over it. But when I can look back at something and I can say, you know what, if I only remember the lesson and I only remember what, how I grew from that challenge, that means that I've fully forgiven and let it go. And this thing I just explained, like it's clear I haven't fully let that go. Like I'm still, uh, I still hold some frustration for that, for that guy in that situation then, even though that I can see the, the you know, the, the places it brought me, but I still have a little bit of forgiveness to do the situation as well. Um, so this was also fairly early on, fairly early on. Um, I think about a year later after I had that experience with, with that guy and I got a, a management company that wanted to help manage me as I was touring and I was teaching all over the world and making absolutely no money because all the money that I would make teaching big classes, uh, I would spend traveling to get to the classes. Um, I also didn't have anyone kind of helping me make deals with yoga studios. And, you know, it's, it's hard to make a living as a yoga teacher, even when your classes sell out, um, if you're not super smart about what you're doing. And it's taken me a lot of trial and error to get smart about what I do. But, um, back then this management company said, you know, we want to really help you. We could, um, support you when it comes to touring and help you book bigger venues and help you kind of increase your profits and also take some of the headaches away when it comes to planning and logistics and travels and um, just, you know, support. We love what you do and we would love to support what you do. And they were all women, which I really liked. <laughs> I felt like, okay, here's like, I, I can kind of trust these people. And um, they had done some, some good collaborations that I'd seen or worked with good people in the future I asked around I heard only good things um, and this time the contract that they sent over I had it looked over by an attorney and it was all okay so I ended up working with them and oh, this is like oh, so many times I had to learn these lessons like that's the that's the that's the thing about this. That's why this podcast is hard for me to record, not because I'm kind of digging back into these experiences, but that this is a pattern that still to this day manifests in my life. Like no matter how much smarter I get, um, I still have this little window open where I am naive and a little bit too trusting, I think. <laughs> so I signed with these women. Um, we ended up doing a yoga tour I'm not going to say exactly where and, 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 and how and, and all that because I don't want to, I don't want drama. I just want, want to go into the lessons of this. We sold the tour. Let me see. It was three or four locations. We sold the tour 
Uh, I don't work with these people today. Uh, just, just, just by the way, uh, we sold a tour. We sold, I think, four or five hundred spots per location, which is huge. I mean, like a lot. <laughs> and so, of course, the venues are always big and they're costly with these types of events. But I think we had four or five hundred people per per place. And uh, I had a deal with this management company because they were helping set up the tour that they would keep a certain percentage of profits, not of the you know the whole everything, but of just of the profits. And everything sold out, and it sold out really quickly. And then one week before I was about to head out and teach these classes, all of a sudden they call me and they say, you know what, we're going to need a little more money. And I said, what? <laughs> and they said, yeah, you know what, we realized that the costs are just, they've become, become a little bit too high here, and we're going to need a bigger margin. And I said, but like the profits that you make are after cost, like same with me, like I just, you know, we, have, we had a split from profits. Um, and she said, yeah, but we're going to need more. And then I like went back to the contract and I looked it over and I said, but that's not okay. You know, like I'm already not making like a, you know, gazillions amounts of money doing this. Like this is just, uh, you know, it, it was just so unethical to me that we sold all of this a week beforehand. They wanted more than half. Uh, and, I, and I had to just give a huge chunk of my own earnings away. Whereas I was the one marketing this. This was my own community um, classes I hadn't taught yet, but I had all sold. So I was left with the option, okay, I could cancel the tour uh, a week before. And I had people so excited, people that bought flights to fly in uh, to these places. And, you know, they were driving far from far away that took off work. Like people make sacrifices to come to these classes. So I had the choice, okay, I can either cancel and let all these people down. It's only going to reflect poorly on me. And I'm going to just have this super negative experience, like disappointing people. Or I had to just succumb and say yes and let these uh, this big management company take a huge cut out of my earnings that I deserve, that we had agreed upon way before. Um, so yeah, so that's what I did. I just succumbed. I was so sad. And I really said, I said, this does not feel okay to me. And they said, no, but we, we decided that we want more. And then they just took a bigger chunk out of my paycheck, which is just so like uncool to me. Especially if you're like a bigger corporation, you know, working with, with people that just are alone, working for themselves, like trying to do something good in the world. Um, yeah, we ended up, I, th I remember this, and we had so many spots sold. Uh, we ended up making so, so close to absolutely nothing because then there were costs here and then we had to pay for our own place to stay and then the flight to get all the way over there, which was expensive. And then uh, we paid for the lights and the stage and the this and the that. And then they took almost like a huge cut of, 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 the, of what was left. And we were left with these little crumbs of the pie, even though, you know, I was the one teaching these classes. And back then, I remember crying over this. Like I felt, just not because it's, and it's not about the money. Like it's important to, that I share that too. I have never been into any of this because of the money. The money is not the point. The point here is that I felt really taken advantage of, really. Like I could be okay teaching these classes for free if it was for a good cause. I do that all the time. But it was just not what we had agreed upon. And it was just taking advantage and putting me in a situation where I couldn't change anything. They knew I could cancel the tour, but it would just, I would be the one disappointing everyone, not them. And and to this day, you know, there's definitely like, if I see, if I see these people in the street, which I actually have, um, I still wouldn't hug them <laughs> really. Um, because there is that disappointment from my end there. Like someone, like I really felt taken advantage of and it, and it led up to me, Immediately after the tour, I ended my collaboration with them. And this is also like, if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have met my, the agent that I have now. His name is Rob. He is my favorite human being of all time. Um, just the most heart-centered, most amazing person ever. 
And, you know, we never would have started working with him if we didn't have that experience with that other management company. And also realizing that, you know, I didn't really need management. Like that was just stupid. Uh, what I have now is I have this agent who's, uh, who gets it, you know, who's, he's not even like a yogi. He doesn't do yoga, but he gets the heart of, of this community. And that's why you guys don't see ads left and right on my pages. It's why you don't see um, stupid things marketed or, um, you know, everything that I do has this heart, even bigger collaborations that I've done um, because we have Rob. So I'm really grateful for that because it led me to him. Um, and we've been with him for, I think, four years now like for a long time which is super awesome but I keep ending up in these situations where I I give a lot or I trust a lot and then people take advantage and I and I kind of let them in a way and then yeah I had two final like experiences that I wanted to share one I'm going to just say super briefly and it was uh, a yeah a really painful situation that happened um let's see it's two a year and a half ago now um me and Dennis went into business with a really close friend of ours and the business took off and our close friend ended up trying to steal the company from under our noses. And it went so far that um, he changed all the passwords on all of our <laughs> websites, like, um, you know, locked us out of the bank account. Um, I lost access to my own personal website, so we couldn't sell uh, like final spots for a retreat that we had. Like it was just, it went totally totally crazy. And I had to succumb to Instagram and kind of open up and say, I'm going to share this experience publicly because we're about to lose our business. And that's what it took um, for us to eventually get that back. And it was one of the hardest lessons ever. And there, um, I'm almost at a place now where, where I can actually, like if I would see him in the street, that I would that I would hug him. I actually, I think I am. I feel a softness around that situation now because um, that was the hardest lesson of all really. Um, and not because of the size of the business or the money that was lost or anything like that, but because of the, the love that one's was in that relationship. And there was a lot of love there. It was a really close, close relationship. Um, but I think for some people, you know, the idea of success or the idea of fame or the idea of making a lot of money, um, makes some people go crazy. And yeah, that's just, that's just kind of what that was. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. When I began my Instagram account, I decided to remain authentic in everything that I shared. It's just how I always have been, and it's what I come to find our world needs a little bit more of. Authenticity is something I value above all else, and that is what I love about Honest Tea. For almost 20 years, Honest Tea, the maker of United States' top-selling organic bottled teas and kids' juices, has committed to transparency and authenticity through its organic and fair trade certified products. From the way the ingredients are presented to the efforts to make a world a better place, you can taste the honest difference. These refreshingly honest products spread a refreshingly honest project. It's a sharing of our truth in exchange for that aha moment when we realize everyone else is just like us, perfectly imperfect. I'm joining Honest Tea in celebrating the lighthearted ways we're perfectly imperfect through their refreshingly honest project. Parenting is not easy. And when I look back at my five first months as a mom, the moments that really stick out are the hilarious ones. For instance, just the other day, I put my baby girl balancing on the top of my head to laugh a little bit during dinner, only to put her back down to find that she had pooped and it had leaked out of her diaper and onto my head. Not kidding. <laughs> Are you refreshingly honest as well? 
You can be right now. Share the fun and the funny ways that you are imperfectly perfect and tag it with hashtag refreshingly honest. If you want more honesty, learn more by visiting honesttcom slash podcast. I guess what I'm trying to figure out is if these situations keep manifesting in my life and after every time, especially this last time, so two years ago with one of our, our good, good friends, um, both me and Dennis, like we cried rivers over this. It was so stressful. Oh, the worst stress we've ever gone through ever in our entire lives. Um, so much work put in, so much money in lawyers' fees. Are you kidding me? We ended up having to sue him um, in the U.S., which anyone who's ever sued anyone, just the, the heartbreak of that first um, and also just the cost and the drain and time and energy. And oh, it was just awful, awful, awful. And then, you know, we learned all those lessons, but then somehow still <laughs> I'm sitting here today and I'm in a totally different position now. Like we have an amazing team. Um, we have a COO now who, uh, who kind of acts as my boss, who helps me run the day to day, who I just trust with my life. Like she's amazing, amazing, amazing. But I keep finding myself in situations where I feel taken advantage of. And I'm wondering if the lesson that I'm going to need to learn for this to sink in so that this pattern can stop manifesting in my life, like I'm worried it's going to be a huge one, really, really huge one. And I don't know what to do to, to stop it. So I think we're in the middle of a cleanse right now where I have decided at least because I've, I've really had this... Um, yeah, I, I've, I've gone to a place where I'm fed up and I'm done giving. And what, what really um, what opened my eyes to that, actually, it's, it's interesting. This was just a, a few days ago. A really good friend of mine, a super sweet friend of mine who I've never had anything bad with ever, just casually reached out uh, and said, hey, you know, I hear you, you guys have a workshop happening next week. You know, can I come for free? And it's such a basic thing. Like, who gives a shit? Of course, like my close friends, if you want to come do yoga, that's awesome. Um, pretty much everyone we know practice yoga for free at Island Yoga. <laughs> and it's okay. You know, I want them to be here. I want everyone to practice. I want them to be on the mat. I want to create community here. But something, just because of the mindset I was in, where I already felt taken advantage of from this other situation that I'm dealing with now, um, currently business-wise, made me snap. You know, it made me go like, oh, I like, can't can't you just fucking pay for one yoga class? Like, is that so hard? <laughs> I, I didn't tell it to her in that way, but I just, I just snapped and I felt so sad. And I felt, you know, is this, this the reason, is this why people want to hang out with me? Cause they want free things or they want to, you know, eat for free in the cafe or get their free coffee or do yoga for free. Or, um, I have a lot of old acquaintances and friends that every single day, someone reaches out asking if I can market something, uh, on my Instagram account, you know, I have this new invention or I have this new brand or I have this new, this and that, if you could please just share this and, you know, and I understand most of these people, they don't do it with a bad mindset. It's not that they, you know, they're not sitting there thinking, oh, here, I'm going to overwhelm this girl with another request uh, for her to, to provide something or to do something. Uh, but I get a lot of this every day. And I, I guess this week, I just got to a place where, no, <laughs> I don't want to anymore. I really, I really, I really want to arrive at a place where I can do more receiving than giving. And I can see from the outside, it might look like, you know, say you have an acquaintance and maybe they created the world's best invention ever and they're just starting a new company and they could use a boost. And maybe from the outside, they see, oh, you know, this girl I went to school with or this girl I used to know, she has two million followers on Instagram. Like, wow, if she would talk about this product, maybe it would sell. Like, how easy would that be for her? If she would just share a little post about how great this product is. Like, oh, it would make a huge difference. Like, my whole business would explode and, you know, like, it would be so easy. 
uh, yeah, it's not so easy. Um, it, it, it's not, it's not so easy. Actually, I, I decide what I share on this platform and this platform is sacred for me. It's not a place where I want to, um, you know, it's not like this public marketing place where people can just sell and promote whatever they want. Um, yeah, for, for just for thought, if I want to, and you can go to my Instagram, you'll see that I don't, but if I want to, um, I can charge $25,000 for one Instagram post, which is ridiculous. Okay. Totally fucking crazy. And that this is what the world is. It's insane. Um, but yeah, that, that's what this type of following, because it has a lot of power behind it, it can generate that type of revenue in ads. Uh, I don't do it. <laughs> you might see sometimes I support things for a good cause. Um, I have, a, I have a, re- a really sweet campaign, actually, that I'm going to support, I think, next week um, uh, for, for a company that does really good things providing prenatal vitamins for women in developing countries. Um stuff like that. Like if it has a heart, if it has a cause, if it does something good, uh, or in super rare cases, if it's a brand that I love, 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 and that I really want to stand behind, then yeah, rarely you'll see something promoted or a tag or something that I, that I would share. Um, but I've made that decision. I, I could make a lot more money than I do these days if I would just push, push, push and promote everything, but I don't. And getting these kind of passive aggressive responses. Whenever I say no, they say, could you please market this? Or could you please just talk about this in your Instagram story? And then I say, no, I feel like a horrible human being. Like, oh, like I'm just not supportive. Like I'm not helping other people in a way that I could. Um, and sometimes I get a passive aggressive response. Like, oh, how hard would it be? You know, can you just like make it a post online? How hard? Yeah, it is hard. <laughs> and now that I'm sharing this, I feel like I'm... Oh, I feel like I'm complaining and I don't want to be complaining. I'm in the place where I'm really blessed that I get to have this community supporting what I do and that I, that I even have the, the chance to have these issues. Like it's, it's, it's a good thing. Like people struggle with way bigger stuff, but when it all piles on, it leaves me in a space where I feel, yeah, like I'm doing a whole lot of giving and not enough receiving. So that's my challenge and I, I'm, I'm I'm thinking or I'm guessing since this is the topic this week and since we're all so connected I'm guessing I'm not alone clearly on another another scale and we're in different um, scenarios but maybe we all have a little bit of that where we give a lot and we um, we don't do a whole lot of receiving and I'm wondering how not just collectively you know setting the intention to to receive more, to create more balance in our relationships and then what we do, well, maybe also work-wise. For me, it's definitely a work-related thing. Um, and also what, I'm, what, I'm, what arrives now when I think about it, every time someone comes to me with a request, something that they want, and I say yes, even though I actually want to say no, um, that energy is no good like no good because there has been moments where I, I have promoted something or shared something or yeah, you know, go ahead, of course, take the workshop for free or, you know, little stuff or big stuff or, or whatever. Um, even though it's a yes to them, uh, my whole body is like, no, you know, and then there's a little bit of resentment there that I carry. And of course I carry that out into the world as well. And of course that lingers in that relationship as well. So even though it's minor stuff and maybe, you know, just a clear no, you know what, like you're the fifth person to ask me for a free workshop this week. It's a little much like, I would love it if you could just pay, like we pay our teachers a lot, like, you know, something, maybe that would create a totally different energy. And that person would realize, Oh wait, you know, I'm happy to pay. I want to support this 
yoga studio also, not just take advantage of it, but actually make, make sure that it's thriving and that there's a balance in this community too. So I'm, I'm pondering now, what can I change in my life to, um, to break this cycle, really to break this cycle? And what it's leading to now is a, is a cleanse happening within our business. So I made a decision this week that um, I only want to work with people that when I think about them, the word yes pops up in my head. Like the people that, that I work with, I need them to be yes people, that they are positive and they are happy to work here, oh, that they see the good that we do in the world, that they're stoked about <laughs> you know, being in this, in this business and that they're passionate about, about this team and about everything we do. Like that's going to be my new criteria when it comes to hiring people. We're 30 plus people now. Maybe that team is going to shrink. Maybe it's going to grow. Like who knows? But I, I've really decided that whatever new hires we make in the future, um, it's going to be a hundred percent an energy thing. And that it's going to be people that say yes. And maybe that's something we can all apply. You know, how can we show up in this world as a yes, you know, being supportive and being proactive when it comes to creating what we want versus complaining about the things that don't. And I realized that this compact podcast has been a, a little bit of complaining on my part too, but I'm happy that I'm able to vent and that I'm able to, to do so on this platform. Like, yeah. And I don't often talk about these things. I guess part of it is, um, I've, I've been worried that I'm going to get judgment. Like if I was actually, would actually share what it's, what goes on behind the scenes, um, you know, also money wise and, and stuff like that. But I've decided I'm just going to like shed all layers and talk about whatever is in my mind and in my head. Um, so thank you for listening. And if anything I've shared with you this week, if it can be applied to your own life, um, to help you create a little bit more balance between your giving and receiving, then please send me a little note, a little comment. Just, oh, I love, love, love. I love feeling connected to you. I love knowing that I'm not alone with what I feel, but I also love knowing that um, maybe challenges that I've gone through can help inspire you um, to create balance for yourself. Hmm. So thank you. Wishing you a beautiful, beautiful rest of the day. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of these on rachelbraithen.com, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. And please don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Huge thank you to the folks at Digital Media for their production work. And of course, thank you to my sponsors, TransferWise, Latote, ZipRecruiter, and Honest Tea. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week. <laughs>